and I mean a few messages I'm going to link together on learning to trust. Learning to trust. Is there anybody in this room that would admit with me, and I'm saying I admit to you, I need to learn how to trust more. Trust in people, good people. Trust in systems that work. And most importantly, trust in God more. I can't tell you the number of times good, good praying saints of God have said to me, trust God right now, Brother Herring. Trust God, Pastor. And I know they only say that in love because they sense I need that, that, I need that little urge, that little urging or that prompting at the moment. But I'll tell you right up front, and I will admit it, I need more trust in God. God is in control. Sis, would you, would you just continue to back off until I tell you to say right there? I'd like to have the mic closer. Amen. God is in control. Look at somebody and say, God is in control. So this is going to be the first message of a few on trust, developing trust, building trust, acquiring trust, gaining trust. I told you what that supervisor said many, many years ago. I stood and watched him at the front, in the front aisle at Safeway years ago as he was reprimanding an employee and he, I remember the words like it was yesterday. He said, I demand, I demand respect in this store. And I felt humiliated for the poor lady in a way because I, I don't know what was going on, but he was saying it loud enough that everybody in the house could hear him. And trust is one of those things you can't demand. It has to be built and acquired and, and altered and manipulated and adjusted and built upon. And this is that beginning season message on trust. Trust. God, would you help me to learn how to trust more? Trust what I need to trust and especially learn to trust you more and more and more and more. I can say from the onset, a lot of things I've endured that I did not have to endure, all because I didn't exercise trust in God. I wanted to work it out myself, figure it out myself, work it out, figure it out, do whatever I needed to do, when all the while what I was supposed to be doing was trusting God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things what? Not seen. So when we can't see the answer, we have to trust. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, we love you. Bless your people. Bless the young and the old as well as the visitor and the saint of God. Encourage our heart. Renew our mind. Strengthen our soul. We'll give you all the praise and the glory for it, God. Jesus' mighty name. God love you. Look at somebody and say, trust. You may be seated. Amen. Now, before we get to dealing with trust, I want to talk about something that is relevant and very important to trust. It's a way of getting to the avenue of growing my trust level. And that is your daily devotions. You, everybody has the routines. They get up in the morning. They drink their coffee or whatever they do. We all have routines. We should have a routine in our life of daily devotions. I'm just going to wait till all the hustle and bustle gets out of here and, and so that you can focus on 
on me tonight. I, I know we have to have transition, but uh, just give me a moment. Daily devotions. I was taught very early in my walk with the Lord, not my ministry, but in my walk with the Lord, that it's critical that you have daily devotions, Ron Herring. Things that connect you to God and disconnect you from the world. If you are honest with yourself, you know that the world has a strong pull on your life every day. You get off work and you feel like you need to take an emotional shower. Just the burdens of life and the pressures of the world. And it's my daily, your daily devotions that will give you strength to disconnect from all of the results of the world pressing you and to a better place of trust with God. I personally believe that the level of your personal devotion is directly connected to your physical health, to your finances, to your emotional well-being. The level of personal devotions, I believe, is connected, directly connected to how you feel, how you respond, how you deal with issues, how life comes and goes. And if you have very few devotions in your life, you'll have very few blessings in return. If you have a lot of time or much time to devote to devotions, you'll have many blessings in return. From your health to your finances to your emotional outlook, that time of personal devotion you spend with God is directly related. Hallelujah. I believe, I think that every believer needs a personal connection, a personal connection to their prayer life. What does that mean? Somewhere in there that you connect to something in your prayer time that just gives you a little more peace in your life. I can't pinpoint it by saying it's at 3 minutes, it's at 12 minutes, it's at 30 seconds. Everyone's different, but everybody that pushes the world aside for a brief moment of time has a place where you contact God's type of peace in your prayer life. We used to call it a long time ago, praying through. Well, you get to that point in your devotional life where you feel you've arrived at a deeper level of peace in God when you're praying. And even when you're studying the Word of God, everybody needs a favorite place in the Scriptures that comfort you. Do you know what I'm talking about tonight? Somewhere you go to routinely that just calms your spirit down a little bit. Maybe it's the book of Proverbs or the words in Psalms or maybe it's the book of Acts or this or that or the other. But there's some places in your personal devotion you can get to, you can arrive at, and you get a little more peace out of being right where you are. If you never read your Bible, if you never take time to pray, then you're going to look at me with this blank stare on your face. There has to be a place we arrive at where a personal connection occurs between God on more than just mental ascent level. I know He, I know he exists. I know He knows what I'm going through. But it's in personal devotions I connect to Him. I feel Him closer in my life. I feel stronger. I feel more at peace. I feel more connected. So you need a place in prayer that you can get to where the peace of God becomes more available to you. You need a place in the scriptures where you can find comfort routinely. 
I've asked, I've asked people this so many times in my, in my ministerial life. Okay, when you want to read the Bible and you're just having a bad day, where do you, where do you see yourself gravitating all the time? Where do you go just to find a, a way to get off, uh, out from underneath that storm that's in your brain? You need a place like that. You should be so familiar with your Bible. I'm not a preacher. You should still be so familiar with your Bible that when you are just under attack by this world, you can go to a place that is refuge for your mind and it brings peace to your thoughts. The reason some people have no prayer or Bible study habits is because it's work to them. They can't see the reason to engage emotionally or intellectually or mentally. It's just too, it's too difficult to unwind and unravel all that the world has done to me today. And to focus on this for a few minutes, it's work to them. There's no personal connection. You got to teach your kids to pray. You have to teach your kids to read the Bible. You have to teach Bible studies and new converts that you're bringing to God to have personal time of devotions with God. We have no problem watching television for two hours or getting on our phone for four hours, and I'm not slinging mud. I'm just saying there's no problem there because that appeals to my flesh. I want to do that, I'm driven to do that. And the reason people think it's work is because they're not connected personally, and consequently there's no, there's no inspiration. They only pray when they're in trouble. They act the part in church, but there's no substance. And I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm trying to prove a point so that we're trying to go somewhere with this tonight. Discipline devotions will help you, one, build greater trust in God. And if you don't have a devotional time, whether yours is three minutes a day or three hours a day, whatever it is, bravo, I cheer you, I applaud you, I tip my hat to you, whether it's large or little. I really do, I really do mean that. But there, that's where that personal connection occurs, that peace occurs, but more than that, you're beginning a trust program with God. You begin to build a trust because you see God doing the things for you that he did for Daniel, that he did for Moses, that he did for Paul, and a trust level is occurring. You begin to trust God at his word. And when you go into prayer in that time of devotion, maybe you're driving to work, maybe you're on lunch, wherever you might meet with God in prayer, you see the, rep the repetitive style of God that whenever you get to that place in your devotional life, He brings peace there again. So you're building trust. I know that if I do this and if I devote time to God, He's going to calm me down. He's going to give me what I need today. And he's going to take that pressure out of my mind and give me just a little bit of calm in my soul. We talk about trusting God all the time. We sing about trusting God. We read scriptures about trusting God. The problem becomes applying that. Just trust God. Well, that sometimes is easier said than done. Especially if you are like me, which many of you are, in that you, you are hands-on. You want to fix stuff before it breaks anymore. 
You want to put the fire out before it gets any larger. And so you are willing and able to get in there and deal with it and, and, and try to fix it and try to adjust it, try to detour it. And sometimes it's, not with, it's just not within our abilities to fix it. It's deeper than that. It's greater than that. It's more complicated than that. But when you go back to God in prayer tonight before you go to bed, or you open your Bible sometime t tonight or tomorrow morning, there's that level of devotion you get between you and God. It has nothing to do with anything else other than you communicating with God, and God will feed you. God will comfort you, and a trust level is being accomplished. Now, from the time that we began to recognize there's more people in our life than me, it's more than just mom. It's more than dad. It's more than just bro or sis. There are people in our life. Well, we begin developing these social relationships. Friends, we don't, we don't want anybody to hate us. We want the approval of everybody, especially our friends, don't we? We don't want them to think we're odd ducks. We want them to approve of us. And without even recognizing it, through this entire process of social relationships, we develop circles of trust. We've all got people. Most of us have small circles because we've been through a lot. And people we've loved have, have stepped on us. And people we gave our heart to have used us. And so the circle of trust might be small, but it's still there. And through all of this social processing of life, we develop circles of trust. People I know have got my back. And trust me, I've lived long enough to know just because someone tells me they've got my back doesn't mean I say, oh, that makes me feel good. No, these things are proven in experience. Proven when I'm down, when you're down. Proven when we have conflict with one another. You have my back when nothing, nothing's going right between us. Those are the kind of people that you bring into your circles of trust. Because we may differ on opinions and ideas, but their devotion to our friendship never wavers. We develop circles of trust. People we value advice from. People we can be transparent with. And even though those circles may be small, after a while, you realize, I can, I, I can really trust this man. I can trust this sister. I can trust this family member. It feels good. It feels good to know that I can have a bad day in front of Brother Tostin. And he doesn't say, oh, I thought Pastor had angel wings on his bed. He's really human. It feels good to know that people are just going to quit church, go away, all because they see your humanity. Now, I realize self-control, we shouldn't just show all of our humanity, but sometimes you can't help it. We are, we are by the grace of God. We are what we are by the grace of God. Those circles are small, but they work sometimes. They really do. story goes like this, and I didn't write it. I just stole it. A little boy and a friend of his were walking next to their favorite ride at the local fair. He sees a woman sitting in the seat right by the gate where he's going. Boy looks over and says, ma'am, are you a Christian? She said, matter of fact, son, I am. 
He says, ma'am, do you read your Bible every day? Thinking Christians read their Bible every day. Told you what a pastor a friend of mine said. He's no longer there, but and I preached a couple of revivals for him since I've been in Palmer, but he's no longer there. I went out there, and he wanted me to talk to his church about reading the Bible and programs and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, many years ago. And, and he said, just as a disclaimer between pastor and pastor, I, I'm lucky if I can read my Bible once a year. I said, please, I wish you would have never put that in my brain. You want me to get up and talk to your precious people? And it wasn't because he worked three, three secular jobs. It, well, let me. Anyway, ma'am, do you read your Bible every day? Well, sure, yes, I do. Do you pray every day? Little boy, she didn't even know. Yes, you know what, son, I do pray every day. Do you believe God is in all of that, reading, praying? I really do, son. She said, I, he said, I have one more question for you. Will you hold my wallet while I get on this ride? <laughs> connected trust with people that pray. He connected trust with people that have devotional time in their life. And I'm not telling you that's an end all to everything good, but I am saying to build trust, there has to be a devotional effort in our life. We have to try to get stronger, try to get closer to God, try to push the world away. Because devotions develop trust. Isaiah 26, 3. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because. Trust authored, offered the author Isaiah confidence and peace. If he keep his mind on God, mind on God, that's the value of devotions. I would, I would be, be terribly afraid to think that we could go through this world and never have a check in our heart to pray during the day. Never have a check in our soul to take a moment to read God's Word. That would be a terrible place to be. Well, I don't know where to read in the Bible. Just open it and read, brother. God, by blind faith, will bless you. If you want more direction, we'll offer that. We'll offer more direction if you need it. But I'm telling you, I can remember when I was converted, hadn't even received the Holy Ghost yet, so I should say was partially converted, partially born again. I would sit under the influence. Kids are gone, right? I would sit under the influence of stuff that I shouldn't have been, and open the Bible and wonder, what is this all about? And I'm telling you, I felt God. I know I did. Through the Word of God, through the Word of the Lord. The more I exercise, the more you exercise spiritual devotions, the more trust you have in the responses God will return to you. I'm going to say it again. The more you exercise spiritual devotions, God, I'm really busy today, but I'm just asking you right now while I have a moment, would you help me to keep my sanity today? I'm under pressure. I'm under the gun. I've got decisions to make. Would you help me? You'll be amazed at how God will take that little moment of devotions in your life and bless you because of it. Boss is asking for me to respond, and I feel like this is something I need to take time and pray about, but he's demanding I respond. God, help me. Anybody pray like that at work ever? In your car? 
Psalm 9, verse 10 in the New Living Translation. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. What's he talking about? Looking for God. That's what devotions are. Looking for God. More of God. A deeper commitment to God. A deeper level of walking with God. I say this respectfully, but we should never be satisfied in the sense of where we are spiritually with God. We should be content with what we have in life. The Bible does say that in all things, be contented. But where you are, where I am spiritually, there should be a hunger. If there's not a hunger in us to grow, uh, we, we've, we've got some work to do in our own heart. There should be a desire a year from now to be greater in the Word of God than we are tonight, greater in our prayer life than we are. I, I, I've said this before. I scratch my head at saints of God who do everything they can do to keep from having to spend time in prayer. I don't understand that one. Devil is real. But building your inner man up through devotions and praying and searching God's word develops trust in your life between you and the Lord. Yes, he's trustworthy. He doesn't need me to trust him. I need to trust him. How many times have you quoted this verse right here to your kids or to your friends or to yourself? To trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust in the Lord. It's nothing to trust God when everything's paid for. You got money in your pocket. Car's running good. No problems anywhere that you can tell. It's easy to say, I trust God. But that's not what that scripture is written about. It's not trust if all's going well. It's trust when you don't know where the loaf of bread's going to come from next. It's trust when you don't know how you're going to pay the light bill. It's trust when you don't know how you're going to get the car insurance paid. It's trust when you don't know what your family's going to look like tomorrow. It's trust when you don't know and you can't fix it. You can't get your hands on something and manipulate its stance and all of a sudden it's better. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Ah. And lean not to your own understanding. What's he saying? Don't try to fix everything yourself. Trust him. I know no one else is like this but me. But I'll confess to you this tonight. Trusting when pressure's on is so difficult. Especially if there's anything in me that says, if you just touch that situation here, or do something about that situation there, it might get a little bit better. So I'm just all engaged in doing that. And sometimes I make it worse than it was by touching it. Because when I trust God, that means i got to get my hands off of it. And when people or situations don't seem to be responding to my trusting in the Lord, it, it, it's like I'm compelled to try to fix it now. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That is so easy. to It just flows off the lips, doesn't it? But living it is difficult. Pastor, pastor, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Okay? After we pray, then you've got to walk by faith. You have to trust. Well, how do I know they're being true to me? You don't. You just have to trust. How do I know my kids are doing the right thing? You just have to trust. 
And as I said recently, um, I could be crowned the king of the worry category, okay? I've done my share and your share of worrying and having anxiety. And I'm not proud of that, but I've never fixed anything by worrying. I have never solved one problem in my life by allowing anxiety to control me. And that's easy for some of you. Some of you happy-go-lucky people that are just always on top of the mountain, you have no problem saying, just trust him, Pastor. And I get you. I wish I could be that. But by the grace of God, we are what we are. And some of us battle areas where others do not. It's like a person that's been a skinny rail all their life. Saying, oh, it'll be all right, just eat better. Hush. Be quiet. If you've never had a weight problem in your life, don't bother telling me how easy it is, all right? Don't bother. So telling you to trust is, is accurate. It's very accurate. The difficulty is in accomplishing it. But I'm just trying to say one way to get there is in personal devotions. The more I pray, Brother Eugene, the more I trust God. The more, I'm, the more I'm in tune with God's voice when I'm engaged in prayer, I may not be pacing. You may not even hear me. I might be in my car. I might be in my office. But I just feel God coming closer into my life. And there's, a, there's no issue trusting God when I know he's right there. I feel him. But when I have no answers, I'm supposed to trust him, and I, and I know that's true. It's accurate. Personal devotions give me that, that courage to do that. Psalm 56, 3. Yeah. Look what David said. When I'm afraid, I, here's what I'm going to do. He declares it. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. And my prayer is that you would remember that scripture. And God, when, whenever they are afraid, remind them to trust you. Trust simply means get your hands off of it and walk free, as free as you can at least, of the anxiety of worrying about it. It's just my nature, Pastor. I have to stress about things. You really don't. The devil wants me to think that I do. I tell you, I've, told you, I've got a lifetime of perfecting it. But I've also found that when I, when I find my Bible and I'm stressed out, or when I just close the world off, turn my phone off, and I just fall on my face and talk to God, there's, there's an element there of trust that comes about me. Not because of anything I'm doing, but because I'm drawing near to God. Personal devotions affect my level of trust in God. And when I don't do that or when someone doesn't do that, the opposite of trusting God is being afraid of the circumstances. And God is never willing that we be intimidated by fear through anything. Respect, yes, but not fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of what power and love and of a sound mind. Fear is everything that a sound mind is not. Trusting Him. Let's begin at first base. Personal devotions. If you pray this much, I'm asking God to remind you to start praying that much. If you read this many scriptures a day, if you pick your little 
pick your little thing out of a little, what do they call those little cards you pull out of the table? Daily bread. If you read one scripture and feel good, I'm praying, God, don't let them feel good about that anymore. Let them feel good when they get to two scriptures or three scriptures or a chapter in their Bible. You know what's going to happen? Someone's going to come to you and say, man, I'm, I'm worried about something in my life. And you know what's going to rise up within you? Confidence. Assurance. Faith. And you're going to say, trust God. He's not failed you yet. He's going to get you through this thing. How do I learn to trust God? Begin with increasing or at least enhancing personal devotional time in your life. What do I mean by personal devotional time? Praying and reading, right? Spending time with God, listening to the Lord, fasting, things that deny your flesh and crush the influence of the world and get you in the presence of God. Yeah. He must increase. And I must decrease. That's more of his spirit and less of my flesh. Have you ever worried? That's a silly question. Don't even need an answer. You ever worried or do you remember those times you worried so much about something and it just seemed to work out easily and you thought, I wonder what I worried so much about. And some person in fear would say, well, it was all your worrying that moved it all in your favor. Hogwash. No. Fear and worry and anxiety never fixed anything in my life. Never fixed anything in my mind. But trusting God, trusting the Lord, letting Him guide the ship and drive the car. Hallelujah. Anybody have a question, a comment, a remark about trusting God, about devotions in your life? Hallelujah. Well, I enjoyed it tonight anyway. <laughs> Brother Darren, God is good. And he's trustworthy. That's a, that's a close-knit circle right there, that you, but it's the best. God will never tell your secrets. God will never rat you out. God will never make fun of your weaknesses. That's a good circle of trust to have right there. That's a very good question. Anybody in the back, Steve asked, how do you trust God when you don't trust yourself? Hmm? Anybody want to? Yeah, go ahead, Brother Rick. Just for, just for clarity, are you talking about building things in yourself that you can trust? Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, come on now.
probably, if I'm filtering and translating properly, I'm sure somewhere in your life there's something you do that's accurate, that's right, that's good. It may be small, but you've got to look at that. Say, you know what, God can take anything I do, any little seed I offer. And, and I go back to what I began with is that all of our failures are connected to the world and the pressures of society. But when you spend time in prayer to God or in time in that, in that Bible, you're disconnecting from all that failure and all that pressure. And God is the one that we can trust when we have been utter failures. And I'm not saying you have been. But every human being has failed miserably. Everybody. Every preacher, every supervisor, everyone failed. But you can trust God. And you'll find that confidence as you read the Word of God, as you spend time in praying. And as honest and transparent as you were with us tonight, be that way in your prayer life. God, God doesn't need $10 words. He just needs transparency. God, I don't even trust myself. How am I supposed to trust you? And I promise you God will begin to work in your life. He'll show you things where you can trust yourself. Again, little things that, that, you, that you are actively trustworthy in. Maybe one or two, but that's enough. And remember this, you're created by God, and God makes no mistakes. No mistakes. No failure, Brother Darren, you've ever committed has taken God by surprise. Every time, Brother Seth, you've lost your confidence and ready to just quit and throw everything away in life, didn't surprise God. He didn't freak out and push the red button in heaven. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He sees the end from the beginning. God is the, he is the greatest that we can go to for a circle of trust and confidence. The greatest. Anybody else? You can address Steve's remark or you can have another. Yeah. the key right there. There's the key. Sorry, Mick Jagger, you didn't make this popular, but time is on your side, bro. It really is, because God's on your side. And when God decides to do a greater work and take you to a different level, it doesn't take him long to do that. You, you made the start tonight, first start, first step. That is so true. That's great advice right there. Yeah. Um, most, most of us, I'm sure, are like this, but we, something's going on in our life, a storm or a battle. Um, we, we're, we're all inside of our own head. 
talking about. We're just hearing it all go on in here. But the more I vocally claim God's word, that storm in my head momentarily silences. You know, I'm like inside, I'm going, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And I start saying, no, but God said I got to trust him when I'm afraid. And I vocalize that. My head shuts up for a moment. The word we can trust in, God's, God's word, you can trust in that. Because that's God revealed in Logos, right? Through the Logos. I appreciate that. Good stuff. And that is so accurate. That's why it's so important. My opinion. My opinion. In your devotional life, pray out loud. Look, I, I, I get the inward prayer. But in your devotional life, at least, vocalize it. Even if it's at a whisper, vocalize it. Because what you're doing, you're going to put that word on your lips. God said, I got to trust you. God said, I got to trust him. God said not to fear and to have trust. And all time I'm saying that, my mind is subjecting to the word of God, submitting to the word of God. Hell, I'm liking this tonight. Yes, ma'am. She's quoting Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So the more you try, taste, wade in, the more you see God is reliable. God is dependable. And those, those moments of being consumed by it happen by little things, building step upon step. Someone else, did I see a hand? Yeah, Brother Rob. power and consistency. Very much so. Yes, ma'am. Who did I miss for the lands? Were you pointing to somebody? Sister? That's the contrast I was referencing. Some people just, it just seems to come organically with some people. It, and I believe it's sincere. She had no choice but to trust God. No choice. Thank God you made the, you know, you, you came the right way. You didn't just give up and throw in the towel. Personal devotions build your trust in God. So when you got five minutes, think about God. Put, put, the CD on or something like that, that that gets your mind away from the pressures of the world and on the potential what God can do. I, I Yes, ma'am.
right? so easy to get caught up in the, in the I, I want to trust you, God, but why did you even let this occur in the first place? And you ought, you ought to pray for trigger points that are recognizable in your life. Whenever you hear those things, hello, that's not you, even though you're suffering. That's the devil planting a thought in your mind because what he wants to do is get you away from the voice of God that builds trust between you and him. And listen. I, I told Brother Shannon today, and we were just discussing it similar in, in his um, hospital room. We were just discussing this. I wasn't advising him of this. We were just having a little Bible study. And I said, but the Bible does say all things work together for good. That's Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28. I, I can't tell you why you got a flat tire on the way home. I paid my tithes and I got a flat tire. Sometimes the devil wants us to sing and, you know, and dance to his songs and they're shallow songs, let me tell you. Life just happens sometimes. You don't put gas in the tank, guess what? You can't blame God when you run out. Oh, God, why didn't you put supernaturally put gas? Hello? But all things do work together for good. I can't explain it all. But through the, you know, when you run the gamut of races, you get to the end of the line, you're going to see, oh, that's what helped me get over this. Dealing with all of that helped me become an overcomer over here. We trust a lot of things, and, and, and sometimes we are just, and sometimes we're not, like doctors and dentists. We trust them. Went to the chiropractor a couple months ago. Everything was good till the last little movie insisted on making. And I left out of that thinking, I hope I never see you again. So because I had nowhere to turn, I came out of the woods the other night, had a kink neck. And uh, I, so I thought, I'm first thing in the morning, I'm going to the chiropractor. So I went over there, 
And he went through the whole process, Brother Rick. I'm like, yeah, I'm enjoying it. He got that last thing, and guy said, "Hope, wait a second here. I have a good memory. I didn't say this, but I was thinking, I don't trust you, Doc, right there again. No, don't pop that joint, Brother Anthony. Because Hebrews 4.12 says the, the contents of the word are quick and powerful. means alive. You found out that the scriptures are alive. Brother, can you, can you give me a scripture that I did not have on the list? It's Romans 15 and verse 4. Concerning, I didn't have it on the list, yeah. 15 and 4. Um, concerning what Brother Anthony just said. Look what he, he starts off. Whatever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. That we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. That's what devotion times and reading the Bible will do for you. Start trust, develop hope, and we need to learn those things. Yeah. See what I was just talking about that. Trust is, is an issue that covers the whole gamut.
Number one, trust issues. We'll be talking about this a lot coming, coming couple of uh, uh, weeks. I'll put it that way. All right? God is good. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust Him. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. He's got it under control. Trust Him. And he doesn't owe me an explanation. Trust in the Lord. God bless you tonight. Let's shake hands and be dismissed from here. We don't need uh, Let's don't have music tonight. All right. God love you. See you Sunday morning or Saturday, whatever it is.